A very good evening and welcome to Monday night's Fools Rush In. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I uh, I seem to be having an absolute mare. I've forgotten what buttons I'm supposed to be pressing and I've forgotten to invite half of tonight's panel and just hoping that they pop up in the lobby uh, in time for the show. But nevertheless, no matter how bad I am at this tonight, it cannot get rid of that good feeling you get when you win a game of football. And that is what Swindon Towns men's first team did at the weekend. And uh, I'm delighted to say I've got a number of your favourites waiting uh, to discuss that and much more besides. Um, so before we get into all the chat and celebration, let's roll those titles. Let's uh, get straight in with those introductions before we hit the team and uh, and everyone watching along with tonight's opening questions. Starting with the man who I nearly forgot completely was on tonight's show, and I'm very grateful that he uh, remind he uh, noticed my ineptitude and acted swiftly to avoid it becoming a problem. Evening, Waza. Evening, mate. Good to be back. <laughs> although I thought that you weren't going to let me back for a while. Oh. I was thinking. I was thinking Monday night football, he normally does it half time of the game. I was watching Fulham Wolves and I thought, he hasn't sent me the link yet. I'm just going to take the hint, I think, in a minute. <laughs> no, no. Honestly, I, I felt so prepared right up until the point I was on the screen. And, and then it all just turned to shit, honestly. Um, how you been, pal? Yeah, very good. Yeah, really good, mate. Well, the sleepless nights are in, but we're uh, yeah, we're getting through. Is we're loving getting through on adrenaline at the minute, are you, pal? Yeah, we are. To be fair, he's been no, he's been good. He's been really good, and it's just yeah, it's been a crazy few weeks, but we're loving it. Yeah, good, and uh, and just getting ready to kickstart that festive season as well. Oh, mate, buzzing! I love Christmas. It's the best. It's great, isn't it? Great. It's definitely my favourite time of year. That is for sure. Uh, let's uh, let's welcome someone else who is really racking up the appearance fees towards the end of the calendar year. Evening, Kieran. Evening, Fivey. <laughs> it's almost as if someone want, wants to get a few more ticks on the uh, on the old school register. <laughs> I know. I just like to turn up when I turn up to the Christmas party. It feels like I've been here the whole time. <laughs> indeed, indeed. When, when people see us mooching around town, they're like, "Oh no, he, I do know him." To be honest, it's just started taking. It's just started taking me so long to like sort out the spare room and start tidying after I finish work. I've well, I mean, back it, on now. What an amazing <laughs> job you've done of it too. I mean, it looks I know, pristine. Look, I seen amazing, isn't it? and we've got daylight here. Like I've. <laughs> fiddled around with it so much we managed to get daylight in the winter at nine o'clock at night it's fantastic 
<laughs> it's sensational stuff, mate. Sensational. Love and of course, you're both there. <laughs> is is, is the, the piano, piano part of the new album? Um, it's not. It's just a gift from Clem Morfuni. He, uh, ah, actually, that's where yeah. our competitive budget went, was it? Yeah, he's given me quite a lot of gifts, actually. He gave me a piano and uh, various other things, free season ticket that I pretended to donate money to charity for. <laughs> God's sake. Don't say things like that for Not God's sake. In. Some people will believe you. Um, you were both, of course, in attendance to see the win, so looking forward to hearing your thoughts uh, in a few moments' time. But before that, we have a couple more panellists wait, uh, waiting to say hello. Let's start with the man who first joined me behind the scenes this evening. Evening, Ben. Hello, Fifey. How are we today? Very, very good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. I'm very well. I'm all the better for a, a victory, whatever the fuck one of them is, on the weekend. When was the last time we spoke about one of those, Ben? Oh, God. Newport. Must have so long ago. More important. I, I had hair when I had hair when that when we won last. <laughs> More importantly, though, before we uh, before we talk the football, how was Laser Quest and how was Pizza Hut? Ah, oh, the bestest day ever. Yes, well, I took the boy out. Had the if everyone doesn't know, I I, I had a, a daddy a daddy pretty day, uh, so we took the boy out. I went to Laser Quest yeah, and. Uh, we had a couple of games there um, with like, loads of other parties. So there was about 25 other kids and about three dads running about shooting each other. And Freddie had the bestest time. Like, I can't recommend enough. Razor, Laser Quest, Shoreridge, brilliant time. Then I took over for a pizza after. Nice old buffet pizza. Stunkle stuffed on that. Ice cream factory for Freddie. He loved it. Nice. And then off to the carry ground for a last minute winner. <laughs> amazing day amazing day he, he loved it uh, i loved it uh, I, I couldn't think of a better if if carl spoke did saturdays spawn uh speaking of which uh just before i bring on our last regular is anyone uh gonna put out a shout out for a sponsored beer commercial uh for, for this one was he drinking today? Let's have a look. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll find, uh, I'm, I'm guessing from what he was saying off camera, he isn't drinking anything tonight. So that's why I'm asking you boys. If not, then someone who's just popped into the lobby certainly oh. will be. Uh, what, what have you got, Ben? Stella Artois. Stella Artois. Uh, otherwise known as Le Wife Peter. Um Yeah. <laughs> Not that I'm endorsing that whatsoever. I'm sorry for any if I've offended anyone. Just um, the name for Stella. <laughs> sorry, Christ. I apologies. Uh, right, let's see <clears throat> if our uh, if our next fools regular can manage to go thirty seconds of hellos without saying anything controversial. Evening, Gary. I won't. Uh, just drink. How about that? Yeah, just drink. <laughs> just drink. Uh, is, it, is it the usual? Is it the usual that you're desperate for us to get a branding deal with? Beer and Moretti. Yeah, nice. Still nice. not seen that email. Still waiting for the email. Still waiting for the email. Uh, how was your weekend, pal? Uh, yeah, not too bad, thank you very much. All good? Good, good. Glad to hear it. And you ready to talk about a victory? <sighs> oh, I'm amazed we're talking about a victory. That's what I'm worried about. Good. What's one of them? Um, there is one more Fools regular that we need to say hello to uh, and that is the man who thankfully didn't set off on travels on Sunday before the game was postponed. Uh, evening Woody. Evening, we all right? 
I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, sir. Sorry, I'm I'm kind of half doing dad duties, half doing pod duties. Um, I mean, I'll tell you what, never mind a beer sponsor. I'd like to be sponsored by a dummy that maintained in the fucking baby's mouth. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, I'm good. No beer yet, but once uh, once baby mum gets home, um, we will. I will ensure that a beer is collected from the fridge, and we will do a live opening on air. Um, will it, will, will it be a live? Way. Will it be a live trade? The the beer for the baby. Yeah, basically. Yeah, probably the same way. I'll probably throw it at her and get the <laughs> beer thrown at me. <laughs> Not that I do that to children, by the way. I don't regularly throw children. Um, but, but yeah, so if I do have to disappear, it's because baby's having a meltdown, which equally normally means I'm having a meltdown because I generally don't know what to do. And then mum will walk through the door and know exactly what's wrong. Uh, was her and Kira know exactly what I'm talking about, and Ben definitely will. Um walk through the door and know exactly what to do with it and then it'll be quiet um so yeah she was watching full and wolves got bored started crying i do have a child as well <laughs> oh, sorry Fifey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know they don't look out for their kids apparently <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was only because i was trying father. to think i was trying to think who's still got really really young children i couldn't remember if kieran yeah. still had a really young child yeah, no. so i did and i know was it does obviously mm-hmm. very relative and i saw i saw little rory today um but yeah it's um oh yes clearly uh clearly is sacrificing the fame of hosting a swindon town (laughs) podcast for instead of any sort of parental responsibility or fatherhood uh i I am uh i i am just i I apologize for all the hard working fathers out there <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, we have a guest joining us in a moment or two, but before we do, we have the regular opening question. And I hate to upset the FRI traditionalists, of which there are some out there. We know that you like the layout, you like to know exactly what's going on when, and when you see who's on the panel, you know exactly what's going to be said. But I am breaking with tradition and not doing a food based opening question because I, I'm sure, I'm sure the majority of everyone has seen this, but yesterday in the live Premier League game, Man United's young uh, attacker Garnacho scored probably goal of the season already. And what I would like to know from you gentlemen is, excluding Rory Fallon versus Bristol City, what is the best goal you have seen scored for Swindon? Points for originality, if you can all do a different one, that would be superb. Uh, But I will... I've given you no time to prepare, as always. So I'm going to go with the man who I know just we get retains all of his Swindon Town knowledge, and that is Ben. Where are we going? Uh, we're going to not only a scorer of goals, but a scorer of great goals. Um, Jan, the man, Fjortov. I'm torn between two, actually. Um, whether it was the, the 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 goal on the half volley straight from Fraser Digby's. Uh, kick against Brighton in the League Cup. Um, that's also a good shout, London Crooner, where the ball went over his shoulder, it bounced, he swiveled, he hit it, and he lobbed the keeper from about 40 yards. Um, or the goal against Millwall, um, where he was in between the corner, the edge of the box, and the touchline. He looked up, he bent it in the top corner, and that was a court final um, League Cup goal when we had some cup runs. I do Whatever they are, but I think we did find that. Yeah, I, I don't know. But what is a cup run? 
what is the cut run but it was back in the day where we actually cared and um yeah it was a goal that put us through to the semi-finals of the league cup uh and it was an absolute worldie and probably two goals that i've not seen be being better bettered uh i'm going to go uh diagonally opposite on my screen and ask what's up oh the, I, For I did, audio the clock, you can you can you can tell Waza is in the kitchen again because this his connection is always awful. gone on about that was the one. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I'm sure Waza will be back in a moment. Let, let's try let's try this again, uh, Woody. <laughs> um, mine, I, do you know what? I it's not a goal that I actually was there to see, but when I look back at like highlight reels, it's Glenn Hoddle's goal against Sunderland. Um, <sighs> so, and the reason I love it is just the pure arrogance in it, where he's he's controlled the ball in the middle of the park and he's almost invited the defender to come and try and tackle him. And it, he was he was one of the first players that I you know, had seen to be able to drop a shoulder like and actually make it effective. And he's dropped the shoulder to the right, turned to the left, and absolutely thundercunted it into the top into the corner, top right corner, top left hand corner. So. And it oh what a goal. And I just think it you know it won't go down as like the best goal ever. Um but I just think the sheer like just the build up to it, everything about it was just everything that I want strikers to well I know he's not a striker obviously but everything I want people striking the ball to do. You know, fall the defender Really misbalanced the defender. Go to uh, go to the other side of him and absolutely launched it. Um, that has to be one of my favourite goals I've, I've ever seen Swindon player score. Fortunately, not live. Um, I think was was about to say um, Cox versus Walsall possibly, um, but yeah. Um, but I think Hoddle for me just to be a bit different. Uh, there's always someone who either joins the party late or just intention breaks the rules. Uh, so Rob, ignoring me saying not Fallon against Bristol City, has said Fallon against Bristol City. Um, I presume he was a minute or two late for the party. Um, Pete has gone for Twine versus Ipswich uh, as his shout. And in case you missed them, uh, London Crooner said Cox v Warsaw. Sean said Shearer at West Brom. And uh, Pete said Don Rogers brace against Liverpool in League Cup 1970. Gary, how about you, sir? Well, you threw me away because I was going to say Rory Fallon against Bristol City originally. And I was like, ah. And, I was like, well, I hope... and then I've got another one. I thought, nobody I'll say this one. Nobody else My one is going to be Royce Brownlee. Oh, Barnett. Go on, Big Royce. Royce. Bra Barnett, was it at home? Yeah. I think. Last minute. On, was on, and it was, it was one of those just out of nowhere, just smashed up corner, long range, brilliant strike. And it's always one of those goals I'll always remember. I don't remember anything else Royce Brownie did in this winning shirt, apart from that goal. Well, him and Fola on Abuja only played about six games and then just disappeared off the face of the earth. Probably why he didn't do much else then. Mm. <laughs> uh, Kieran, how about yourself, sir? Oh, it's a, there's about three that I could pick for it. Like Gary Roberts against Tramir was a hell of a goal from the halfway line, but there was no goalkeeper in the goal. So, you know, it's half done already. Ali Ward against Charlton, where just for, um, the second leg, just for the pure relief of the goal, like it was the slowest goal in the world, just the pure relief and the fact that he didn't stop, he played to the whistle and carried on running. 
but I think it's got to be Matt Ritchie versus Gillingham at home in 2012 on a Tuesday night because it was an audacious goal. I think he's about 20, 30 yards out and he just fucking absolutely walloped into the top bin out of nowhere. Um, I think that was just fucking... I think that's got to be one of the best goals I've seen a Swindon player score. The technique on it. Yeah, uh, the technique on it. So I think that was a good, good one. Um, and it's Matt Ritchie and I loved him for us until he went and been to be a fucking Geordie cunt. Okay. If we can refrain from offending anyone else tonight, I'd appreciate it, lads. Um, Just why the Northerners so far? <laughs> Only the Geordies. Other Northerners are okay. Um, I can. I've seen Was has attempted to get back in uh, and <laughs> failed. So I presume he's currently moving location. And our guest is kind of there or thereabouts. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I think. I think he is ready. So before we get into all the Swindon Town chat, as you know, we uh, we here at FRI have spent a fair amount of time um, trying to promote both women's football and other local football. And in more recent times, we've been very uh, we've been aided. Oh, Woody, are we going to get an instant beer review there, or is this what instant. we've already had? No, it's not one I've already had. It's Hazy IPA Saint. I think it's oh no stone, not saint one. <laughs> oh, I read that as saint one. <laughs> it depends how it tastes. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Let's, let's, let's go for the big taste. Six point seven percent. So strong one. Oh, that's interesting. Ooh. Oh, that's not the normal sort of. Might have, to, might have to tune in. Might have to tune in after a couple of sips. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, well, let's get down. Uh, Wasa, welcome back. Sorry, this bloody Wi Fi. <laughs> uh, you were saying about uh, the goals. So I was torn between two either the Simon Cox one, which has probably already been mentioned. I think London Crooner brought up in a comment, which is something else. Yep. Um, or one that I remembered was um, I think it was George Evans or so someone Evans versus Rex and the free kick that he scored. Yeah. It must have been 35, 40 yards out. And the keeper's thinking he's crossing this or just hover, uh, floating it into the box. And he's completely misjudged him. And he, he's, it's gone flying in the top corner. And I was there and it was some free kick. He was miles out as well. Some superb Decent. shouts, gentlemen. Very well done. Uh, let's try this again. Uh, before we get into Swindon Town chat, uh, we have been tried. We have tried since uh, since we started really to promote women's football, and in more recent times, we've been looking at local football as well. We have been joined this season uh, by uh, Josh Davis of Highworth, and in more recent times, we've been having uh, sort of social media exchanges with the team at Swindon Supermarine, and in particular Supermarine Radio. And I'm delighted to say, joining us for the opening segment, uh, making his FRI debut from Supermarine Radio, is Chris. Good evening, Chris. Can you hear us? Good evening. Can you see us? Yep. How are you? Welcome to FRI. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Um, so your um your x page as we should call it properly has been gaining traction we, we've we're seeing more and more output from yourselves um what was the talk us through the process of setting up supermarine radio first and what role you play in it well john Luke sort of set it up because he wanted people because they asked bbc wiltshire and it was like to come and cover a game in town one playing and they were like no they tried swinging 105.5 they just no so we decided to set it up this season to try and see how it 
how it would go. And and how has it been going? Sort of bit ropey with misconnection because not Wi-Fi's not wasn't good there to start with. But managed to get something finally to get it now working better than it was. Managed to do like a whole game thing twice twice during the season at home and not so it's quite more better away from the ground. Okay. And uh so it's been a it's been a, a difficult start to the season, I think it's fair to say. Um but a win at the weekend. Um Talk, talk us through what you've seen and how, in your opinion, are things improving at the moment? Yeah, I think Fleetwood's got the team playing better than Spalding and Charlie Griffin had it. It was just, at the beginning of the season, it was just the same, same old sort of similar like I've seen in yesteryears when I've watched Town play when managers have played like the same players when they're not doing that well and wouldn't change their systems and that. But I think Fleetwood's done quite good there in the, the space time he's been there so far so from your perspective what should be the the aims for heading towards the second half of the season then probably i'd say at least trying to stay in the league with that or maybe sneakily pushing the playoffs but i'd be happy like mid-table and um so, as I said, uh, a win at the weekend, three-two, uh, if if I remember correctly. Um, what what was that game like? Yeah, it was quite entertaining. Both uh, both Supermarine and Hayes and Yedin were quite good. The quite good players for Hayes, like Cole Brown, Omar Rowe, were playing decent. And then, of course, Jake Andrews and Dave Simburgis for Supermarine on, who's on loan from Taunton. Well, speaking of players on loan, uh, Sound Trauma has thrown a question straight in at the chat. Uh, looking after Bran, I hope. Yeah, he's doing really well there, to be fair. He's kept Marine in a load of games. Um, so, Swindon, understandably, haven't seen a lot of him. Um, you've, you've probably seen more than, than anyone, really. What sort of... Where's his best attributes, do you think? Ah. Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. No. Sorry. Well, like where he's like saving and keeping teams in the thing, like his saves and that, where he's doing like one hand saves, which you think some of the time it's like how has he got got to the ball? But I think it's because of the height he's got. Just managed to get this than some other keepers. Well, we do seem to be having some connections issues here. Uh, Same provider as I was going to say, is he up, is he upstairs at mine? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me! Uh, while we try and get this connection back, um, Woody, obviously, from the very beginning, you've been one of the big advocates for us, not just when it comes to football, but but local football, and and there's not really a a real place that sort of results and messages get shared around. So it is important to kind of shine that light from time to time, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, to be fair, let's be realistic. If there wasn't grassroots football, there wouldn't be professional football. Um, so it's, you know, it is a foundation. But equally, we we spoke on the mental health episode, or you guys spoke on the mental health episode, of how much of a release football is. And we're talking, we've got millions of players in, in, in England alone. Um, 
So without those grassroots clubs, there's going to be players who never made it, who just won't be able to play football. So I think promoting it as much as we can is is important. Um, and, you know, it's a culture, isn't it? At the end of the day, it's, you know, football is a culture. And, you know, it gets all this bad rap, of course, with hooliganism and, and stuff like that. But let's be honest, the real culture of football is is that kind of getting together with your mates, either playing football or, or watching football. And, you know, you guys all know, and I'm pretty sure Waza probably does. I, don't, I can't speak for the others, but and I know you do a couple of times, Fifey, but if Swindon aren't at home every now and then, I'll try and make an effort to go to a, to a non-league game because it is it is slightly different, but it's, it's, it's always entertaining. It's always, um, you know, something a bit different. Um, and to be fair... I've always said even with even with the League Two game now, but it's where real football is still at the moment. If I'm and this is just me being brutally honest, is where real football is. There's real errors being made. There's no VAR. There's no goal line technology, which we know we'll seek into League One and League Two eventually. Um, you know, and it's it's everything is kind of upfront, honest football almost. And um, yeah, and I think we're fortunate, especially. Um, in, in England with the amount of leagues and the amount of volunteers that just put their names forwards and, and, and things like that. I mean, Hellenic League for all its critics, um, obviously it's the main, probably the main non-league around this area, but it's, you know, it's, it's a hell of a function. Um, you, very rarely can you not find a game somewhere on a, on, on a night nowadays. So yeah. Uh, yeah um, you know, I'd, as much as, we all want people to follow Swindon as our local team. I always say, let's go that one step further, you know, especially if you don't support Swindon, you know, go support. If you're a Liverpool fan and can't stand Swindon, which unfortunately I know some, you know, who do support Premier League teams and won't go anywhere near Swindon, just go and support your local local team then. But go put some money in their pocket because how many times are you going to go watch Liverpool in a season? How many times are you going to go? Whereas you could go to Highworth, you could go to Bastet, you could go to Supermarine, you could go to Chippenham, or, or you know, not that far away, nope. and pay still pay really small amounts of money to go watch. Um, yeah. So yeah. And was I know it's it's a similar message for you, isn't it? That uh, as much as we are, we we focus and, and our main passion is is Swindon Town. That we we do have sort of an eye and an interest, and there are connections in, in the local non-league scene, particularly obviously with yourself and Highworth. Yeah, definitely. The reason we do it is because they 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 my my dear old man was a Highworth boy. And they're family run, you know what I mean? The people that run Highworth, they're, you know what I mean? They're good people from Highworth themselves. Um, and, the, you know what I mean? They run the club, like Woody said, it's you going to watch them makes a massive difference. The gate, you know what I mean? Getting money through people through the gate and the money, that's that's their bread and butter. Do you know what I mean? That's what pays their daily costs of running the football club. So, yeah, 100%. Like you say, if you can't get down to go and watch winning or they're away, I always preach, you know what I mean? Get down there and watch it. I don't do it as enough much as much as I used to anymore, which is a shame. Um, but you know what I mean? You've got to, and this is why I do it a little bit differently and I try to support a club through through my business. So, you know what I mean? And with Highworth, it is, you know what I mean? It's a good family-run club and I can't I can't speak highly enough for it. And you know what I mean? It's, I'm, I'm happy to be alongside it and proud to sponsor it, to be perfectly honest. It looks like connection has been restored. Let's see if we get Chris back with us. Uh, how is that? Is that any better for you? Yeah, that's better. Yeah, sorry, lost connection now. That's all right, no worries. Um, so you, you mentioned a few moments ago um, about the, the change more recently and the upturn in form. So 
for, for anyone who hasn't been to, to Supermarine particularly recently, how would you describe the style of play now? Just like direct, more or less just direct football, no passing back that much. It's more forward than going backwards. And that's nice. more attacking than, than just passing it. There might be a few bits side to side, but it's going forward. It's more than back. No, definitely. And um, I, I suppose the the big question is now, I mean, you said staying in the league will be the target, but how how difficult a challenge is that going to be? Be quite a bit, probably probably player budget-wise, but I think that it, most teams have said the Marine have been like the team they, they think are in the wrong position. When teams have played us, and that, like trying to think, like Basingstoke, I think has said it, and like Tiverton, and even Hungford, like said that then where based on the results, he should where they've been playing, it should be better than obviously the results of them. So we, we've really appreciated the fact that that you've taken time to kind of help us continue to promote. Uh, not just Supermarine, but but local football. When we talk about when we've spoken online about things like Wiltshire Shield and things, um, and we were just talking while we were getting the connection back about that that passion people have for local non-league teams. And do you get is is do you get a real sense of that when you go to Supermarine? And and do you feel that that sort of passion people have for the local community? Yeah, it feels a lot more like people just chat to you, even if they don't know you. It's like just. You can just chat about football in general and that in a conversation you might not have, say, like at a league club, because where you're not separated, so you can chat to like a, say, like a rival fan or of another club more better than you probably can, obviously, in like the football league. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I very much, and I've spoken about it before, when I get to go and have the opportunity to watch some local non-league football where I live. It's, it's very much the same. A few of the people have started recognising me now and, and they'll happily come and chat to me as, as if I'm kind of one of them. So it's uh, it's great. Um, I just want to ask a little bit more about, and, and for anyone who's not familiar with Supermarine Radio, where can they find you? We spoke about your X account, but is it all X spaces now or, or are you broadcasting elsewhere still? It's on X spaces now. It's on the... It's all on the Swindon Supermarine radio now on the the other page that when people like follow this one I promote I then put the like the tag name for the other the other page where the radio's done yeah. on. Because the other page is more for the radio than like the one I I currently use. No, definitely. And if you could uh, Thinking back to what you were saying, kind of your, your opening uh, couple of answers, do you feel that uh, outlets such as BBC Wiltshire, for example, give the local non-league sides enough exposure? I don't personally. I think when there's, they say like a Tuesday, if they're in a game or a Monday or a Wednesday or something, they could put, could even put like Chipman, Bassa, even like Highworth or even like Chipnam or some, or basically some non-league team, just to give them that exposure, even like a caution or something. So like where there's a free Tuesday and 
big old game town and play in. Just give that exposure of the thing that like town get on a regular basis, sort of thing. So they're sort of like knowledge of teams that you don't, you might not see regular. Yeah. Um, Woody, I remember you you jokingly said a couple of of episodes ago about us putting on bonus sort of like Monday or well not obviously Monday but like Wednesday night episodes or whatever, just focusing on the non league scene, but not being down anymore. Is there even a, a weekly? podcast or something like that and out there where they just talk about the non-league to give the locals the, the attention no five because i think everybody's waiting for you to do it um <laughs> so, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there is um <laughs> no i don't think so i know i agree with um with the points that bbc radio will so don't really they'll mention it every now and then um but you know I mentioned earlier about even the Hellenic sides. You mentioned caution, boo hiss. Um, but the um, but it's you know caution. Same, you know they're Hellenic. You've got Highworth in Hellenic. You've got obviously Bassett in Hellenic. Um, you know, and I think I do think that every time Swindon aren't playing, they the BBC Wilshire should be out of Supermarine in my opinion. They shouldn't be. Just yeah, I don't understand why not. It's yeah, it's uh, or even Chippenham, BBC, uh, Supermarine or Chippenham, you know. So, um, there's one final question for you then, and, and I'll, I'll let you go because I don't want to take up too much of your your Monday evening. Um, if you could sort of sell Supermarine to anyone watching when Swindon aren't playing, uh, why why should people come down and, and cheer on Supermarine? Just basically a f- friendly atmosphere. There's Always like something that they do like a special, so it might be like chili con carne and rice or something with rice, but it's something different each time it's not there. Not basically the usual stuff. You can just go and get a pint, have a pint by the pitch side and drink it as well. So both best of both worlds, really. No, definitely. Well, again, thank you for taking time out of your your evening to join us. We really do appreciate it. And again, thank you for for all the support you, you've been giving us recently in terms of uh, engaging so on social media and and promoting our stuff as well. We really do appreciate it. And good luck for the rest of the season. All right, thank you. Cheers, guys. We'll speak to you again soon. Take care. All right. Um, always a pleasure to welcome on guests from the local non-league scene. Um, That brings us on to the matter in hand, gentlemen. And Swindon Town themselves picked up a much-needed and, to some, slightly surprising victory at the weekend. Um, There's only one place I could possibly start, and that is the man who's been waiting to talk about a victory for seemingly the longest time. Ben, the title of this episode is How Good Does It Feel? Do you know what, mate? It feels amazing. It like I keep saying that that little meme makes four years. It felt so long, so long, and each defeat, each defeat, each winless game has just been crushing and disappointing. And the performances have been so bad, and it was just really nice. It was just really nice. Um, pre-game, I looked at the team, and I was concerned. Um, but the way it panned out, giving. Kinsella sitting in front of the back three and being able to just <clears throat> give license to the midfielders, uh, McEachern and Khan to push on a bit further, furthermore, so they've got a little bit more um, 
Yeah, so they're a bit more a better at because Khan's not a centre defence midfielder. And we sort of saw Khan again what, by playing how he can be, the best of him. Um, Young, again, just proving how classy he is, running the line by himself and just being a pain in the arse. And if we are, even if we are set up really defensively, because we've got the likes of Kemp and Young, we're always going to create chances. The first up, they had their first shot on target in the 44th minute. Um, after giving away another stupid early goal in the second half, we again fought back well. It was a lot open, but again, we played really, really well. It was a good performance. Personally, I think we just about deserved it. And the relief, there is nothing better than a, an injury time winner. That's a scrambled winner in front of the town end, especially on such a long winless run. That is the most I've celebrated a goal in so long. Honestly, I lost my head. And I was even Don Rogers. I, it was proper I, limbs. I loved it. Loved it. And the relief of all time. Oh, it, it, look, our problems haven't gone away. It's not better now. We've still got a really anxious January in front of us. I'm still not expecting a lot. But hopefully, if we've found a different way, a plan B, where it can be a little bit more solid, we can approach the better teams being a little better defensively and a better organised. We can at least be in a position in January where Clem is at least feels like he's forced to put his hand in his pocket because we'll be up amongst them. That's that's all I ask for. And then if he comes on disappoints again, then we can really go to town on him. But just give him no choice in January. Let's see if we can get ourselves up amongst the playoffs. And yeah, but it, it was really encouraging against a really, really good side. And to beat Reedy, to beat Flynn, to listen to their commentators having a massive, massive toy pram pram moment. That was amazing. I love that. Dang it. It's it's like the Bristol City ones, you know, congratulations on your cup final win. They proper were pissed off and they've been pissed off all the way home and they're probably still pissed off today. Love it. So, yeah, it was great. Let's let's win Tuesday. Let's put a run on. Let's just pull on. Let's, Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's finish basking in the glory of Saturday first. Kieran, Tell us from your perspective. You you made a rare appearance on Friday, and uh, from memory, and I appreciate I'm becoming an old man now, and I don't remember things perfectly well. But you weren't feeling particularly positive. No, I wasn't, and I probably wasn't. I wasn't. Even, I think just before the game, I met John in the Legends Lounge, and it was about quarter to, quarter to three, <laughs> and we're both like, "Can we bothered to? Can we be bothered to go to the game?" Because honestly, we saw the team sheet, and we were just like, absolutely, dis- like, what is going on? Um, but then to be I fair, think... I did get a message from John to say he met you and there is no way you were in for the start of the game. <laughs> no, I did make it, I made it just after they, they walked out. The, the queue for the Don Rogers wasn't too bad, to be fair. Um, but I think once the game started, you saw how you saw what Finn was trying to do against them, and it was setting up to keep us in the game for as long as possible and try and smash and grab something, which came off perfectly because I think that was everyone was a bit amazed by Austin was on the bench, but then 
we'll just see how we played. We played very well without him, I think. Um, and then when he came on, I think he's come on. He's a handful to come on in the 89th, 90th minute to absolutely, but he can head a ball um, better than most players in this league. Um, and especially when <laughs> they've stuck Aidan Flint up front. Now, if I'm a Mutt Football Manager and I've got Charlie Austin coming on late on the game, even what a one-all draw, you're coming away with a point, really, if you, if you play your cards right here. Get Swindon who haven't won in eight. I wouldn't stick probably the best header, certainly the best defender I've got, up front to try and win it when you've got Charlie Austin coming on. Fair enough if we had all the rest, if we brought Miles Obadu on or like we still had the same squad we did to try and stick him up front to maybe do it. But why on earth Nigel Clough thought, fucking genius idea. That's really going to work. Because um, it didn't, spoiler alert. But I think um, a lot of credit has to go to Jake Young as well for having that sort of young Charlie Austin poacher's instinct to finish off that goal at the end. But yeah, I don't think I've seen anyone in the county ground celebrate a goal like that for a long, long time. And it was such a great feeling. And I think it just gets made all the better. We've got that little grudge against Aidan Flint because he went to Bristol City. The interviews he's given against us. Just to see it, because when that goal went in, he just looked so pissed off and dejected. Because he was obviously said, I'll go, I'll, I'll, fucking, I'll go up top. I'll go up top. I want to score against these. I want to get the winner. Knee slide in front of the thing. And... It just went absolutely, absolutely terribly for him. But it was a good win. Um, I think it was a good performance as well. I wasn't really that impressed with Mansfield. I think they were, they seemed like a good squad. They lacked an individual player, um, but they just didn't, they didn't impress me. They didn't seem like a side that were in the top three, unbeaten all season. Um, I admit I've only seen them for one game, so I can't say how, if that if that's what they play like every week, I'll be amazed if they're up there at the end of the season. Um, I think hopefully they go on a bit, they could go on a bit of a run now that their, their confidence has been knocked because they were not impressive at all. We look like the team that are in the top three and they look like the team that hadn't won in eight games. Um, I think it was sort of an all good round performance. Some players that normally put feet wrong were putting the feet in the right places this time. Um, and I think it's just, yeah, it was a much, much needed win. But the big thing is we've got to follow it up on Tuesday with something now. I have never heard someone use the phrase, some people who usually put their feet wrong have put their feet in the right place. I couldn't think of it. It's that top class yeah. punditry, which is why match of the day are always on the uh, or always on the phone to me asking to take the FRI panellists. Um, was a... I think it's fair to say it was a, a hard-fought battling performance, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought uh, it was. We just had to grit in, didn't we? We couldn't do a lot more, to be perfectly honest. I, I think they missed some chances, but we did as well. I think that one of their lads that Clough was moaning about in the interview had three or four clear-cut chances that his finishing was just off, and he was he was he was fuming. And on Kieran's point on the interview. Um, Clough did try to cover up his decision. He tried to say that um, it, it, when they when the, it was happening and it was one all, they were trying to get Flint back into centre half, but it, it didn't happen for some reason. They couldn't get the message onto the pitch. I was like, "What a load of rubbish that was! How hard is it?" Um, but it, it, it was brilliant just for him trying to cover up that excuse. But no, I, I agree with what Kieran said. I thought we were proper gritty. I thought we dug in. We looked like a team that. We knew it was going to be tough, but they, we just sort of, we worked. And I don't know if one person can make a massive difference, but I thought Kinsella was outstanding. I thought he was he was into every challenge. He made it difficult. He played in that role where he was sort of acting like a, a, mem a fourth member of the back three, but 
he was just sort of there. And then when we were off the ball, he was in that position. And then when we were on the ball, he was moving higher and Khan was dropping in. So there was some really good tactical stuff. When we were on the ball, Khan was dropping deep to pick it up, to drive forward with it. And Kinsella was staying high. But as soon as we lost the ball, Kinsella was back in being that shield um, in front of the back three or the back four, whatever we want to call it on Saturday. Um but I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Best game we've seen him add. I know we haven't seen him start a lot of games, but you know what I mean? He just gave us that extra bit of steel. He wasn't afraid to get into a challenge. He gave away clever free kicks. I know that sounds stupid, but he gave away free kicks at times when we needed him to because they were on the break and he would just Wait, break up play. He was just you that. you saying a Swindon player actually performed the dark arts? Yeah, I, mate, I feel like he did. I feel like he disrupted... He disrupted Mansfield and I thought he made it really difficult and we haven't had that. And you need a bit of that in this league, especially against some of the teams you come across. I was saying on the chat that it can be sometimes when we play, we can have all the ball, but it still looks like men versus boys because when we try to do the nitty gritty stuff, it just doesn't happen. But Kinsella made a massive difference. Um and I, you know, what I mean, I've long may that continue. I, I can't see how he could be dropped tomorrow. You know, what I mean, I, I for me, he's a starter now until he, you know what I mean, until something changes. But after that performance, he stays in the team. Well, that's an interesting point. And Woody, let me bring you in because there was a tactical change for this game. Um, and we we were all kind of discussing it in the group beforehand. How does this play out? Is, is it the same formation, but a few cogs out of place? Or is something being changed? We've been asking for a plan B. If this is plan B and plan B has now worked, does plan B stay until plan B doesn't work? Or does it does it just give an option to rotate based on opposition? Well, I think when you've when you've beaten a team, regardless of how you think Mansfield play, when you've beaten a team that haven't lost a game this season, um, you've kind of got to take that tactic forward, in my opinion. Um I mean, I, I think I put in the chat, you know, a, a massive credit to Flynn because we changed everything about our game, really, on Saturday. And I, I'm not always a big fan of changing to match the, uh, to, to you know, to match the opposition. I'm more of, you know, I want teams to play against us, but teams have started to figure us out a little bit. So in that interim, should we, you know, try and protect the lead a little bit? And he and he did, you know. And I, you know, I, I generally thought we were brilliant. You know, I, I, I know people, some people have said Mansfield weren't that good and, and things like that. But I genuinely thought, even in the first half, I thought we were brilliant. I was saying to Rich yesterday at the women's game, I said that I, I can't be the only person who thought that we were actually really, really good. Um, you know, I think 100% agree with Bozza. That's the Kinsella we've been waiting for all season. Um, yeah. You know, and I think Kinsella playing that proper holding midfield role um meant that Khan had a bit more freedom. Khan was a little bit yeah. better than he has been the last few games as well. Um, McEachern, people are still a bit critical of him, in my opinion. I don't think he had a bad game. I think he had a mm -hmm. quiet game. I don't think he had a bad game. Yeah. Um, but, you know, <laughs> but it just makes me more and more sad when you're looking at, like, Young can perform a role when he's up top on his own as well. You know, it's, it's it just makes me even more sad that we know he's going to be gone in the, in January first and he's not even going to be an Owen Doyle he's going to be gone gone in, in yeah. January but the um but yeah and I and I you know I'll give credit to Mino as well because I'm his biggest critic I don't think he's strong enough and to be honest I still don't think he's strong enough but 
I he had a good game. He had a good game for me. Yeah, a couple of errors here and there, but come on, we're League Two. We've not won in nine games. We're gonna make errors. Yeah, and for me, there's only one standout area which he he got back and 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 I think it was FBT might have bailed him out a little bit. But people forget about that last minute challenge he's made in the first half and and things like that. Um, it was just a lot of confidence. Even Hutton, I think, defensively was better on Saturday than he has been this season. And you know, it's you could see it generally felt like the team felt they could win, even though we've gone on this nine nine match without a win. It, it, you could see that they knew we could we could win this we could win this and then it makes a difference having a bench doesn't it you know what I mean like yeah. when when you've got players like Charlie Austin who you can bring on even Shade wasn't too bad when he came on you know he wasn't you know he him and I Charlie mean, Austin had a massive play in the goal. you know it wasn't too bad we we as a although as individuals we have differing opinions as a as a podcast we've been quite critical that was a quality ball for the winner yeah and that's what I was about to say like I think. Until then, he kind of still done his bit of his sideways runs and, and things like that that kind of frustrate me a little bit about Shade. Um, but the ball, and I'd say that ball for the winner and the persistence from um, um, from Charlie Austin as well, you know, he was probably unlucky not to see his second shot go in, to be fair. Um, but Young, again, as, as Kieran said, an absolute real poacher's goal from him and absolutely buzzing for him that that kid's going to go, that kid's going to go on. You know, we were, what's that, 15th goal of the season, something like that. 15 goals this season and we're in November. Um, you know, it's, it, I think I, I think he'll go back to Bradford to be sold. I, don't, I generally don't think Bradford will uh, will be able to keep hold of him. But the um, yeah, it was just an enjoyable game. Obviously, some of you lads, some of you lads saw like I took Ember Rose to her first game, a proper game that she knew about anyway. And you know, she nearly ended up on the pitch when that winner went in. I nearly did a. <laughs> I nearly did a five feet to Nick, and it was just kind of like, but um, yeah, so um, yeah, it was uh, really, you know, I I was just so happy with the game, and there's, I think Ben said it, there's no better feeling than a last minute winner. I I can't think of a better feeling in football than a last minute winner, except for winning trophies. But mm. yeah, it's you know, in terms of in a match, winning at the last minute is is brilliant. Uh, Gary, I haven't asked you for your overall thoughts on the game result yet, so let's do that before we focus on some of the specifics. Yeah, because I, I, I personally don't think we played well. Now, people will say, what, we didn't play, we won the game. No, I thought we played different. I thought we were very dogged. I thought we were very, we were much more like a team than I've seen us for a long, long time. We didn't play well in terms of, we didn't get forward and score lots of goals that we've seen a la Wrexham and on these other games where we've looked decent going forward. But I thought we changed it. The tactics looked different. We were more a solid unit. You could see that they were trying something different. Um, it spoiled Mansfield, who I thought... I, I'm not going to say they're a bad side, because like we said, they're a team um, that are undefeated this season up till this point. So they're a good unit. Um, they look solid. They look like they had, they had some decent players. I, like Ben, I don't think they're very great in, in, individuals, but they look like a decent side. Um but I, th- I thought Swindon, you, 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 it could have finished 1 1, and that would have been a fair result, personally. But Swindon stuck at it and kept pushing, and you, you got him more credit for going out there and trying and try to win that and forcing that last minute winner. Um, so I thought I thought we were good. I didn't think we were great. I thought we, we were more solid. And um, if you take that to Acton on, on Tuesday night, then fair play. Well, we'll be talking about Tuesday night in a moment, but let's dissect uh, Saturday a little bit more. And. Um, it wouldn't be a match day without FRI having a 
let's call it a passionate discussion at times during the game and uh, for all of the good points of which there are plenty uh, I'd like to finish on a positive. So let's start with the negative. And Wazza, I'm going to come back to you because me and you engaged in, in a bit of a, a discussion on our interpretations of how the game is played. Um, and I, I mentioned it was a battling performance. And I think Gary just said the word dogged. But none of those words could be used to describe Swindon's attempts at what I suppose is classed as defending for the goal that was conceded. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I... I, look, don't get me wrong, I totally get your point um, with what you were saying about defensively, but it all comes from us play, losing the ball at the high end at the top of the pitch and leaving ourselves massively exposed. Um, it was poor from Hutton at the time. I think it was Hutton, and I hope I'm right, but I think, it, you know what I mean, it was who lost the ball at the top end of the pitch with yep. a slack pass. Um, and, we, and we just got exposed. And I looked at the replay again, and I know your argument was... Blake Tracy's got to take everything there. He's got to take the man. He's got to take the ball. But I had it in my head and I've watched and I was looking at the replay that if he takes that, he could be sent off. It looked like he could have been potentially, if he's gone through the man there and mistimed it and gone through the ball, I think he's in two minds and he's gone to go, or I go and smash him and potentially be last man and completely commit myself. And you know what I mean? You always yeah. hear the phrase, don't dive in, don't dive in. And I feel like he was in between both, whether he clatters him or whether he backs off. And he didn't really do any. He was yeah, just in I, two I, lines. I get the don't dive in argument. I think the only thing worse than not diving in is don't do anything. Yeah. But I think he sort of howled him and delayed him enough. For me, the worst one was Dokes. Because Dokes yeah. actually got there. <laughs> Absolutely He's pointless. He's made the sprint and he's got to the man. And I'm thinking, right, Dokes, just tidy this up. And he's got nutmegged by him because he's absolutely... Ran you know what I mean? He is sprinting. You know what I mean? So that could be the only argument for him. He's too busy thinking to about his performance the next day at Old Town, wasn't he? Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and he's just dived in and he's just got caught. And then, to be honest, I thought it was a really scuffed, lucky finish from the guy. People were going, oh, what a great goal. And he's kind of like... For me, it looked like he's completely scuffed it. And you know when you hit it purely and it, you just don't, sometimes it goes and you scuff it and it just roll, trickles into the corner. It feels like a real poor finish from him, to be honest. But yeah, it wasn't great defensively. I totally get that point. But my main argument was that I thought FBT was having a much better game than what he has had for the last six weeks. And I know a lot of us were all, a lot of the players were more improved. But, you know, I mean, I thought that he, you know, I mean, looked a bit more solid. And I thought the goal was just a bit, bit unfortunate. Because on other days, they both make those challenges. FBT and Dokes, they both you get there. They make the challenge and we're not even talking about it. I think the only thing from my personal perspective, and, and I fully grant, and, and I actually said this in our discussion, is you guys are, have a much better perspective of this than I do. Because I can only go by sort of the radio commentary and highlights that I see because of the few games that I actually get to in person. But for me, it's just the, the only thing that really frustrates me, in my opinion, is this sort of no contact, no engagement style of play. Like, I, I completely agree with your points. Any other day, they one if not both would probably make a challenge that stops that ball and we don't even get as far as the goal. But it's just game after game after game, particularly in this run that we've had, you see, the amount of goals where players have just run through us as if we're not there. Yeah. 
And I don't understand that like this can't be the players deciding I'm not going to tackle because you've got whether you think FBT is a centre back or a left back, whether you think Dokes is a right back or a centre back, whether you think McEachran is a centre midfielder or an attacking midfielder, you know, these players have all been brought up to learn how to pass, tackle and shoot as the fundamental basics of football. And the fact that one of those three things is not being done by anyone in the team has to be a style of play decision. And I don't understand why we don't do it. We, we have some phenomenal players at interceptions, but I just see a significant lack of will in terms of actually tackling. But yeah. on the flip side of that, what I will say is in a, quite a few of the highlights, particularly after we had the discussion, because we were discussing it in the game and you were showing incredible uh, level of tech savviness to be able to watch the game and have an actual opinion on things on WhatsApp at the same time, I have to say. Um, the more I was then listening after we'd argued this, the more you hear, what a tackle, what a challenge. And it's suddenly like, oh, Woz is obviously just flashing Fifey's WhatsApps up on the screen so that the players yeah. can see he's not happy. In a break, I ran down the steps and went, FBT, have a look at this, will you, mate? <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I, I completely agree with your point. I, for me, I just, up until that point, I just wish there was a bit more. Uh, the physicality is kind of a too broad a term because you made some excellent yeah. points about if you're coming up against these big, you know, massive units and we're more of a slender because of our style that we want to play, that's fine. But I, it's... What I was looking for was what we ended up with, I think, with the roll your sleeves yeah. up, gritty, determined, working together um, team. And, and ultimately, that's what that's what got the result. Let, let's not deny it. At one all, when they score that goal, I don't think there was many in that stadium, Swindon Town fans, that were going, right, we're going to get something from this game. Yeah. It looked like that we were just going to get exposed again and again and that they were going to... They were just going to carry on walking for us. It kind of had a stockport feel about it that we got our noses in front, and then we were just going to let them in the last twenty minutes, half an hour, just walk through us. Um, but it was proper. As soon as they scored that goal, we were straight back on it. Our game plan was there. They stuck to it, and if anything, like you say, they actually got more physical against Mansfield to show the will that they weren't going to lose the game, and that the worst we were going to get out of there was with a draw. Uh, ben, we spoke on Friday about this and then I think I put out on our socials and in the WhatsApp chat, it was the most swindon thing ever, all things considered. Um, how the game played out, how the result came about, um, but ultimately, we don't care, do we? No, don't give a shit. We won. The, 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 all, all things end sooner or later and football is a weird, crazy game where... The team who haven't won in nine defeats the team who are undefeated after 17 games. It's like that. We know we've got the players to hurt these sort of teams. It's just we've not been into action for so long. It was great to see. Uh, a little side note, actually, I heard on the way driving home. Uh, we've now hit the magical mark where FBT and I think Khan now um, can get booked and not suspended. Um, we've we've hit, they've hit the reset button. There was talk about that on uh, BBC Wilkes. So, um, congratulations, especially to FBT, who <laughs> has been walking a tight for so long. That's yeah. why he didn't make that tackle. Yeah, that's probably why he didn't make the tackle. <laughs> no, I don't know what. To be honest, um, he should have got cleared out long ago. If he's not cleared out, he should have been held up long enough for other players to drop back. He he's strong, but he's not particularly quick. 
is Aikens. So the, that, that goal was a poor goal and it shouldn't have happened. And I, like everyone else, there was a collective sigh and an eye roll. After all that hard work in the first half, we just throw it away. I'm all expecting Mansfield to romp away three or four one winners. And credit to Swindon. Um, and the game opened up to a basketball game after, but um, they didn't completely fold and um, they put the winner in the end, which was quite good. I was going to bring... Oh, sorry, Ben. Come I was just say, but at the end of the day, it's, it's just, a, just a relief to win. And it's nice to win. And it was a great feeling and a great day. Everyone at the concourse, everyone. I've met up with, um, uh, I've met up with a few forwards and everyone was so happy. So happy. Rich gave me a big high five. Um, I believe uh, a few people were on a fool's tick list. And um, yeah, um, it was great. And everyone's such a good mood walking out the ground. And that's what we want to see and hear on a much more regular basis. Uh, I was going to bring Gary in next, but just seeing that comment uh, from Peter there. Uh, Woody, you got the Thatcher's prediction correct. Uh, I believe you were one of maybe four or five people. Has, has the result been published yet? Did you win? No, I don't think it ever will be published. Sometimes I wonder if they do have a clickbait. Um, <laughs> the, um, uh, yeah, well... I did say, you know, I, I, you know, I won't stand against it. I said that I, I had a good feeling going into Mansfield. I thought we, we would be, it would be the Swindon thing to do, um, and I thought, you know, I was thinking to myself, if Flynn changes it a little bit. Can we be a bit more solid than than he did, and he and it worked. Um, I will reflect on the FBT slash Stokes slash. Apparently, there were some defenders in there. Well, well um, but... just before just just before you do that, because this might link in, we've had a we've had a comment in on X. Jason has said, uh, "Woody will know what this means." Uh, shut down, slow down, low down is Dokes' <laughs> option. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was actually more thinking that for FBT, um, and yes, I do know what they're talking about. Yeah. So um, the problem is, is I, I get what FB what was was saying about not wanting to be the last man challenge he wouldn't have got sent off in that position anyway but the um the 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 problem is is his body shape was all wrong you know he's he's going up against a right footed player and he's trying to i think show him onto his right he's narrowed his body shape he's turned his body completely against the player and just made himself go like that to like that and that's where that closed down showdown that then that um I can't remember you said tweeted it in uh, Jason did you say um that's that's where that comes from you know the kind of close down get low down um slow him down and uh it's he didn't do any of that it was just piss poor defending um and i'm gonna be honest there i know I, he may have been in two frames of mind but that, that was just piss poor defending and dokes was, wasn't much better either um but you know it's it, it uh, there, there's no excuse, but then like, I agree. Well, uh, with was as well. I think FPT did have actually didn't have a bad game. To be fair, I think that was probably the one major mistake he made the whole game. And as I mentioned, Ming, Minnow made a one mistake as well. Dokes, Dokes, I think defensively wasn't one of his greatest performances. I think I actually think if you if you if you had the patience to watch the whole game back, Minton bailed Dokes out quite a lot. And I don't, and it's a bit like we get this with Brewitt sometimes. You know, Brewitt makes a mistake, and it would normally lead to a goal. Um, but that's normally because he's doing the defending of somebody else. And I think now Minton's gone in there, and Minton's kind of had the same treatment almost. You know, so. Um, but yeah, for me, from FBT's point of view, that was just really poor defending, and I'm sure he would look back at that and say it himself. You know, his body shape was all wrong. Um, 
he's I thought at the time I've watched the replay back, but at the time I thought he's changed his mind. I thought he's hesitated, he's stopped, and then gone. I need to recover. When you know, once you've committed, red card or not, once you've committed, you you somehow make a challenge. You know, you don't you don't kind of like wheel away, almost like a. Um, I was trying to think of. I use the expression up up top when you've got a striker who runs like a winger. Um, so wingers would typically go round a player, whereas a striker will go through. And he kind of had that kind of, I'm going to run round him. And I, I just can't see what FBT was trying to do. He's turned his whole body side onto him and then he's gone back round again. I don't, I, I couldn't see it, but he'll, he'll be the first to admit that was a mistake. He had the captain's armband on in the day. Um, I was, you know, I was one of those that said, yeah, he should have gone through him. But I think that was just the fan in me just wanting to see that happen, you know, wanting to see someone like, I think Kinsella did it in the, in the second half and everybody just went absolutely mental because it's what we love to see don't we i know i know it's risky but we do love to see as football fans we love to see a player just get absolutely mullered um but yeah it's uh yeah but yeah i can't remember what your original question was now just because i had the fbt thing stuck in my head <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh gary um Woody's just mentioned that FBT obviously wearing the armband, Austin on the bench. Firstly, was that a bit of a surprise for you? But secondly, on reflection, and obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing, can you see this being something that's deployed more regularly? I was surprised because I thought he would start. Um, looking back at now, we all thought after Harrogate, he looked like he trudged off and looked like he needed a, needed a rest, needed a break maybe, I don't know, mentally or, or just body-wise. But... He trudged off on Harrogate. So I can see why he dropped him. I can see he thought, like, give him a rest. It, it gives us options off the bench. Because let's be fair, we don't have much options off the bench. We all know this. So the one thing he did give himself options to do, yeah. getting late on, needing a goal, which obviously we did, is to bring Austin on with those 10, 15 minutes ago. And it, him and Shade between them were part of the winning goal. Um, I I suspect potentially he might not start against Acton on Tuesday, but tomorrow, but we'll see. But it, it certainly helps to give options. I wonder. You... I wonder if it's a bit, a bit of a psychological thing as well. In terms of, like, I was quite surprised to see him, but at the same time, I was like, well, we wanted him to change something, and unfortunately, Austin is the the type of player that you need to take out of that situation. You know, you need Young's work rate, but maybe from a psychological point of view as well. Obviously, regardless of Young going back, we'll be desperate to sign him. You know, I, I, you know, if and I think I wonder if Flynn's kind of playing us like we know we've got Austin till the end of the season. So whether he's kind of thinking, let's give Young all of this, let's get him in front, let's get him in that. So he's enjoying playing football for Swindon. So he puts that little bit of pressure on. Now, I know, you know, sources have said he's pretty much tied and he's happy at Bradford, blah, blah, blah. That's fair enough. But <clears throat> is he going to go back to Bradford and walk into their first team straight away? We don't know that. Does he know that? Um, it's it's kind of, I wonder if there's a little bit of a, come on, you're scoring goals, you know, week in, week out. Again, now he's back to scoring almost a goal a game, isn't it? And there's some, um, or at least there's definitely more than a goal every two games, I think. Um, and um, yeah, and I just wonder if that's kind of the, the twist on it. And maybe, just maybe, I'm not saying, I'm not one of those that says Austin's lost his legs because he's 34 and he should not have lost his legs. But Austin is probably, I'm hoping he's starting to realise the influence he has everywhere now. Do you know what I mean? Like on the bench, he would have been like having an assistant. I know Hatswell, in my opinion, does a good job, but he would have been like having another coach on the bench. 
Um, and I, I just wonder if that's a little bit of it as well. Um, and to bring on someone like that with with five ten minutes left is is brilliant. Um, Gary, sticking kind of as a follow on to the previous question, do you think the team would be balanced the same way if it was the other way round and say he decided to go with Austin as the starting striker and bring Young on later? No, I don't think I don't think it works because I think Young's got the legs. He's got more pace. He he, he works. He presses. Um, Austin doesn't seem to want to do that. Um, I, I think the dynamics would change. I think you'd, you'd rely on the likes of Kemp and, and the wide players to get beyond more with, with, with Austin. Um, whereas I think Young will press. He, he will give him legs. He can stretch the game a little bit more. Uh, and I, I think that's where we'll, we'll see us on, on, on Tuesday with, with Young up front again. Uh, ben? Um... We're focusing, obviously, because it's been a while, on many of the positives of Swindon Town's play. But credit to to Mansfield. Um, you know, they, they were unbeaten up to that point and clearly a side with, with a game plan and a skill set. And, and they had more than their fair share of opportunities, including one or two off the woodwork as well. So they might come away and, and think themselves somewhat unfortunate. Yeah, already at the bar, didn't he, with a good, good effort. And Aiken missed an absolute sitter. They could get over the top off for about four or five yards. Um, again, they should have gone ahead there as well. Um, it was the last five minutes. You felt there was a winner, but you couldn't you couldn't say which side it was going to be from. It, it, we easily could be talking about yet another 2-1 late goal defeat. And this conversation we're having tonight is totally different. Um, yeah, so I think, I, think I, I, I agree with Clough saying we could have got, uh, you know, they deserved a point. However, Clough absolutely bullsed it up by chasing the win, by sticking Aiden Flint on top, and then Charlie Austin winning a header, which he obviously would not have won if he was against Aiden Flint, which led to our winner. So um, it's nice to see that um, the manager's making errors in our favour and it going our way for a change. But they're not a bad team. They'll be up there. They'll be a top three team, I think. No sure. Because they again the strength and depth they've got and you know the players they can bring on um completely outshone anything that we've got. Um but I think on the day we just about edged it. But if we played each other ten times, we find Mansfield would be it's more often than not. Um but yeah, um I think they're a good team and they will play a lot better in different games and they'll still be up there. It's it's a feather in our cap. Kudos to us. And was a um, quite rightly, uh, people are, are convinced. Obviously, Young will be going back in January, um, and many have, have come to the thought process that it's highly unlikely, borderline impossible that we'll, we'll get him back, regardless whether he ends up a, a Bradford player second season or like Woody says, possibly sold on elsewhere. Um, but one thing you can't say. Uh, and I saw Claire actually put something interesting that I flashed up in the chat earlier. When that goal went in, whether it's a player on loan or or a full-time registered player, you could see the passion in the celebration. You could feel the relief. You could hear it from the fans. Um, it meant so much to so many, didn't it? Yeah, well, 100%. And it, it showed it meant so much to him. And like you, you made a great point with the lone players. Sometimes there's a question sometimes is, do they really care? Are they really 100% into it? And um, you can tell he is. But we've given this lad a chance, haven't we, really? Do you know what I mean? He wasn't getting a sniff at Bradford before he came to us. 
um, whether that was due to reasons that falling out with the manager and stuff like that. And this is the only thing, if Hughes was still there, I would hold on to a massive bit of hope that we would still, we might have been able to get a hold of him in January. But unfortunately, it looks like Alexander will give him a chance. He's already mentioned it, I think, on the on the sky. I think someone was saying to him and they were mentioning about Young being on loan at Swindon and that they were going to bring him back in January. So, look, it's out of our hands. So we've just got to enjoy him while we can. Um, yeah. But there's no question in the kids' ethic, you know, I mean, the way he goes about his effort and stuff like that. Uh, I think he's been, I think he's been top draw. And I think it, now he started scoring again, you can tell is the confidence in him. You know what I mean? He's got that swagger about him that he knows that he, he can make things happen. He can score goals. And I thought the system worked really well. He got two players up alongside him as well. McEachern was up there and Kemp was up there. That's why I just slightly disagree with Gary's point. I get the point about Austin not being able to press as much as Young, but if you're being able to have that compensation with Kinsella behind there, with staying someone holding, you can afford to have those other two people getting up and alongside. So I, I don't think I think this system could work with the one up top, and whether it's Austin or Young, because um, there's going to be times where Charlie will do a better job than Young up there. Um, he'll be able to hold the ball, bring people into play maybe a little bit better. And Just if he can get someone point. like McKecker and Kemp right there with him, he's got people that will play off and do that sort of run inside for him. Just on that point specifically, was it? Uh, yeah. You mentioned, obviously, there'll be times where Austin might work it better, depending on the opposition. And name not mentioned at any point, for obvious reasons, is RHM. Does that formation work for him? No, no, it, it won't. But this is the problem at the moment. Well, I don't know. Is he? He, he must be injured again. RHM is he? He's um, he's got he, a sore he, knee, but it's clear on yeah. the um, scans. So we'll see. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, he could be one of those players that we've all agreed that he is an impact player, and he could be one of those players to come on for a Kemp or for a a McKecker, and he can play off that main striker because that would seem to be his best position. He can't be the vocal point because he's not good enough at holding the ball, but he, there's no denying the kid's got blistering pace and he can make a difference with 20 minutes to go. But that would be the only point that I get with him at the moment. And I think Flynn really likes Hepburn Murphy, but I just think he can't rely on him at the moment because the injuries that he keeps picking up, you can't commit a plan around a player like that. And that's why he's had to change. And I think, yeah, Flynn deserves a load of credit for what he did because you know, I mean, a lot of people give Austin a bit of a reputation that, oh, would he be quite a difficult player to drop? And you could imagine he probably is, Charlie Austin. Um, but, you know, I mean, Flynn come out of the interview and he said, this isn't about Charlie. Charlie did a great job, don't get me wrong when he come on, but this is about winning games for Swindon Town and that's all he cares about. Um, which, you know, I mean, that's good enough for me and good enough. And he, he's, been, he's been taking some criticism the last few games and rightly so. But I think he deserved a massive bit of that back the other way on Saturday for how he set the team up, sacrificed a bit of the way that we normally play to get us a result. And I think this might be the way coming into the, the winter periods now with some of these pitches and tough places where we need to go, where that might be a way that we have to set up um, and be a little bit more rigid and a bit more dogged. But yeah, about your point, I think Hepburn Murphy could fit in, but I think it's got to be until January, it's got to be one of young and one of Austin, and this is why important in January that if Clem is going to do something like this and Young goes back, we need that physical type if we're going to play that one at the top, someone to get hold of the ball for us and make it 
and bring others into play. So we'll wait and see. Just to touch on that January point, with, with we talk about Young and Kemp particularly, my concern is, and I hope this isn't the case, that the club are making decent plans that we can't get those two players back. Because at the moment, the number of goals that Kemp and Young have, have scored for us in the last few games, I mean, you've got a lot of goals to replace there. If, they, if those two players go, we can't get them back, then there's a lot of building to be done. Is there a bit of an olive branch from MK Dons that, that they let Kemp play in the FA Cup? You know what I mean? Surely if they had any things of planning for that. Um, oh, bye, Ben. Um, surely if they had anything to planning for, for Kemp to be in, then surely they would have thought about not letting Kemp play for us in the FA Cup. I don't... You know what I mean? There must be something there. And if there's a bit of a cushion, maybe we're, we're, if we're going to lose Young, maybe we can keep Kemp. Maybe, but how many, how many league... One and two, league one and two sides are still in the FA Cup later on anyway after January. Yeah, that is very that is very true. But then Bradford turned us down with it. So you know what I mean? What were they yeah, your your point's true. I just I'm trying to clutch at things that might yeah. give us an opportunity. I think we'll I think we'll all be clutching straws for those two players. Yeah. Because you feel like two is a disaster if we lose both of them. I think one we'd all accept. Two would be to keep both of them would be an absolute miracle. Yeah. But um, if we lose two, at least one we got replaced yeah. and plus oh. players. This, is, this isn't okay. just them two and that's it. This oh, is no. plus and, players. And, and this is why we've got to keep going because we all know that this board are crap in a transfer window. Blimmin' hell, they went last time on deadline day saying that we needed that Flynn wanted four or five and we ended up being minus one. <laughs> so, it's you know okay. what I mean? Ben's coming abroad to, uh, to oversee the transfer window, so it's fine. Yeah, well, that's it. We'll wait and see. But, yeah, it, like you say, it is, a, it is a concern because these two are just absolutely running the team for us at the moment, and we look—we're going to look massively in trouble if they go back. Is this—is this going to be the statement from Clem to come over? Because I think if he's going to do anything to get people back on board, this is the time. If he's going to come back and put some money in and go right, we're making—we're signing Clem, uh, Clem Kemp, and we're signing Young. That's my my mission statement. We're going for it. That. See, that would be a statement that would get him. If he if he could keep them both, I don't think no one can then question the the you know what I mean, the the desire and what he's got about to show that he wants this club to go because we all know that especially young would cost a bit of money. And Woody's point earlier is bang on. I think if he goes back to Bradford, I think he could be sold to go somewhere else and Bradford could be thinking of making some money, but Oh, he just needs to make this statement and he just needs to do it because we need it in January. And if we can just stay in and around these playoffs for the next month and keep picking up results and keep picking and keep the points there, you know what I mean? If we show if he showed a bit in January for Flynn, I think something special could happen. I really honestly do. And it's got to be early January as well. We can't leave us till yeah. the last day, January. Yeah. The early, early doors. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's make our statement. Let's go, let's not let other clubs try and get involved. Let's if we're gonna make this statement go out and sign young and camp and go right we're now a couple more players and we'll go for it yeah great it'll be a good way to get fans back up back on the on, on the clem train as it were um 100%. you would have noticed ben's uh ben's disappeared uh initially that was a uh, a slight technical error on his part but he also hasn't been feeling great this evening so uh, i've told him to go and rest up uh so uh he uh he says goodbye everybody and uh, he's going to rest up, ready to, to watch the game. Um, away from the game, and, and I will drop back if there's anything specific from the game that we've not covered that anyone wants to talk about, so shout up if that's the case. But 
there was, uh, I'm sure many people uh, watching uh, will have seen the post as well, but uh, a dear friend of FRI, Claire, had a, had a moment where a bag that she'd taken to the game uh, sadly has gone has gone missing. It it's, it wasn't uh, still in her seat when when she went forth to, to pick it up. Um, we wouldn't like to suggest anything unsavoury has happened. We we hope someone has seen the bag and is taking it ready to to obviously hand it in and hopefully find the rightful owner. Um, but we do encourage if you if you might know where that bag is that it is returned because uh, the the contents of it were were very um were very important to Claire. So uh, if you if anyone can help. Uh, with the return of Claire, the possessions uh, back to Claire, then uh, we would uh, we would very much uh, encourage and appreciate it. Um, was there anything else from the game specifically that anyone wanted to touch upon before we move on to the next topic? Uh, what are you saying? No, Gary, no. Was as quite content as well. Uh, wonderful stuff. Well, let's find out if the panel are feeling confident of uh, turning one win into two. As uh, there is midweek football, Swindon can't play twice in a week, so I'm sure that everyone's optimistic. <laughs> Are the kids coming out for this one, Gary? I hope not. <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, though, um, we needed the win. We, we've all said how much we needed the win, and hopefully that will fill them with, with a bit of confidence going into tomorrow night. I mean, it made the Harrogate draw not seem too bad, now, doesn't it? Because we drew away, won at home, get a positive result tomorrow night. Ready on, Gary. If he doesn't like that cliche, win your home games, draw your away ones. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't mind that as a cliche. Uh, it's better, it's better than losing at home and losing away. That is true. <laughs> but get, get, you know, get a positive result, dare I say a win tomorrow night, then, you know, the three unbeaten and the playoffs... Back in touch. Yeah, yeah my, my <laughs> the only concern is that as much as obviously I'm hoping uh, and and we'll be borderline expecting back to back wins because I always expect Swindon to go into every game to to, to win it. Um, it. It does worry me if it does paper over the cracks some people and suddenly everyone's like, oh, actually, do you know what? Maybe we don't need as much surgery as people are saying in yeah. January. We do. So just... we, 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 like like Ben said, there's still issues there. The squad's got still too thin, and we it will we do need strength still in January. We can't just keep going tight. Um, Woody said earlier that um, in his um, in his thought process, when you go to a team that have been unbeaten for as long as Mansfield were, and you get the result, you you should build on that with the formation that you've come across. So, uh, Gary, are you expecting a, a similar sort of eleven that started on Saturday, or maybe a, a tweak here and there? I don't think so. I'm, I'm assuming everyone's fit and available. That we'll we'll probably get five injuries between now and tomorrow. But um, assuming they're all fit and available, I think he goes with the same. Why change a winning team, as they say? Do you agree, Wazza? Yeah, I, 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 you'd like to see. I from his interview I read today that he reckons there might be one back. There was no fresh injury, so. They didn't reveal who that one back is, so that might give us free options off the bench, um, which is quite <laughs> nice. <laughs> we are assuming that's Brewett, or yeah, I'd maybe or Brewett, maybe Hepburn Murphy, or maybe oh, yeah. Hepburn Murphy, or both. It would be lovely, wouldn't it? Just to you know, I mean, it does fill out that bench is, a little bit more to have is, three or 
as much as I'm maybe not a, a personal fan of his, it's, Kane must be due back soon as well, surely. I don't Can't know. he was out for. I, I love Kane. With Kane's thing, they say one minute they say that he's out for eight to 12 weeks, then they say he's back in training, then they go he's at the relapse, and then he's back in for another six weeks, then he's back in training again, then it's not hurting as much, then it's this, then it's that, and I'm like, oh my God. What are they doing in there? Divine's back in January, we'll have a new signing. Yeah. <laughs> Divine's back in January, but also out for the season from January. Yeah. Like yeah, but... first out by January the first. <laughs> on on to the game tomorrow. I just I don't I just think we need to back it up with a result. I, don't, I you know I mean I don't care what that is whether it's a draw or obviously a draw or a win. A win would be lovely. Don't get me wrong. It's it's got that feel of a six that we if we win tomorrow we go higher on points than Accrington. We go a point above them, um, which is massive. For bear in mind they're in that last playoff place as well. Um, it just feels like that. That, but I, if you ask me now, I would take a point tomorrow just to back it up. Um, I, you know, what I mean, we all know that we're not great playing two in a week with our paper thin squad. And... Uh, but as been pointed out, we only actually have one game this week. But oh yeah, that is true. We have got a break on Saturday, so maybe he can proper yeah he, yeah. So it has got yeah. But I I do think there'll be a bit of lethargicness from Saturday. Uh, you know what I mean? It was a it's tough a game. We, yeah, we put a lot in. Um, you know what I mean? There's not really many options to freshen it up. This is where you say, if you have a squad, you go, oh, I'd bring him back in. I wouldn't be surprised if Brewitt did come back in tomorrow, if he's fit. Um, I just think that he would maybe, away from home, he would maybe say, you, you bring Minturn back out and give him that, you know what I mean? Say, look, you've done a cracking job. Brewitt comes back in and, you know what I mean? Whether he does, I I, I don't think he should do that unless Brewitt is 100%. And whether that is the case or not, we don't know. I wouldn't be going, oh, let's put a 90% Brewitt in against a, a way that Minturn's been playing at the moment. That's not fair. Um, but just to give you that little bit more steel away from home. But Accrington are weird. I've been looking at their results. Like they went five unbeaten and they've not won in five and... Sounds I mean, weird, some, isn't it? Yeah, they've got some really in and out form at home, like losing to beating Wrexham a couple of weekends ago, and then losing to Colchester. Do you know what I mean? And then there's some. There's that some sounds really familiar weird. as well. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it, it's really weird. It's a really weird bit of form, but there's no denying that that you know what I mean. On paper, Accrington Stanley away on a cold Tuesday night is 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 a tough game, isn't it? It's going to be difficult. Um, I just. Yeah, I don't know, but we haven't got options to freshen it. If we haven't, we're going to go with the same 11, which I do agree with Gary's point, don't change a winning team. But as long as we can get something up there, or just bring back a result, um, you know what I mean? Then we can just carry on on this run and then they can have a bit of a break next week because they've worked so hard. They've worked so hard, Fifey. Uh, so what I've taken from your last little segment there was uh, is uh, Accrington Stanley. Who are they? Swinging exactly. <laughs> um, Woody, just flipping my earlier question in, in, in a different direction um, for you is, is the approach to get the result against Mansfield at home the same as the approach to get the result against Accrington away? Is playing the same way the right thing to do? Because that, or, or do they have different strengths that we need to worry about? Um, well, I... They, I think Accrington have more goals across the pitch 
um, you know, as opposed to one goal scorer. Um, but I don't don't get me wrong. When I said that Flynn changed things earlier, I think he made us more solid. He didn't turn us into a defensive team um, because we weren't defensive. You know, we weren't we weren't a hundred men. In fact, I'd argue that Mansfield were probably more defensive than we were in the second half. Um, you know, well, except and Aiden Flynn up front. Yeah, and then well, yeah, <laughs> but the um, and then but you know, I look at some of the aspects, and I know fans were getting frustrated, and I, I get why they get frustrated. But from a coach, I point of view, I quite enjoy watching it. But the we dealt with their press so well on Saturday, and I think Accrington played quite similar, and I imagine they will at home. Um, Mansfield, I would imagine, given their run, are probably one of the best pressing teams in the league. You know, they were pressing three players each time. And I know Swindon fans were getting frustrated, and I, I totally get it. But very rarely did we lose the ball when we were trying to play out of that press. You know, the times we lost the ball was when we did hump it forward. It was the only time we lost the ball was when we just lumped it forward. So I get, I get why people get frustrated. It is risky. It's hard to watch sometimes. But... We did do it quite well, I'll be honest. It's probably the best we've done it this season. People don't um, see the benefits from it, Woody, do they? Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You're, you're drawing a team out. You're, you're, you're trying to create spaces for your better players at the top end and find those gaps. And people see it that they're just trying to doss about with it at the back. But yeah. I, you can see what we were trying to do. And Flynn wanted us to keep the ball on Saturday and try and make it, you know what I mean, that we were creating the spaces and the gaps for Kemp and McEachern and for Young and... I thought it, I agree with your point. It worked really well. And does the personnel yeah, just, does the personnel make us play that way as well? Because I don't think Young's the the physical player is going to try and win headers and things. Whereas maybe Austin might a little bit more. Does that make? Yeah. Us play so that? This is this is where I was thinking. So I I think I do agree. If Brewer's one hundred percent fit, I think he might be the only change in for in for Minton. I don't. I didn't even know Brewer was injured. So I did. I did, I just assumed he had done something wrong, like taking his dog to a promo shoot. Um, but the, um, um, but the, um, yeah, I just, um, I would probably, I would expect the changes to be made earlier. That's the only thing I'm probably expecting tomorrow, and that will be a, that will be a managing the game thing. Um, I mean, Accrington, are, you know, they are what seventh, I think, and we could go above them. And well, we will go above them if we win. Yeah, we it's will. whether what what the teams around us do depends on whether we get into the playoff places or not. But. It, that's got to be an incentive in its own. You know, we've come out of this rut. Yes, as Gary rightly said, you know, reflect on it. It's a bad result, really. But was it actually that bad drawing to Harrogate when the when the you know what we've come out of? You know, the rut that we were in, um, as you could argue that that's led to what happened on Saturday. So, um, but yeah, I just think there's quite a lot of incentive there for us. I think if if he changes it too much. Bearing in mind that at the moment, even though we were a lot more solid, we still conceded on Saturday. So I think he wants to keep that kind of as solid as we possibly can be. And the formation he was kind of playing was more of a formation you would use when you're not playing at home anyway. Um, so I'd, I'd be very surprised if he changes it too much. Like I said, I just think he might make the changes a little bit earlier. Um, if Hepburn Murphy's fit, you know, let's frustrate Accrington Stanley for, you know, get Jake Young running at them for, you know, however long. And then just bring on Charlie Austin and Hepburn Murphy for the last, you know, kind of 20 minutes, half an hour even. Um, and just get Charlie Austin holding the ball up for Hepburn Murphy all the time. So, um, but Accrington, they've lost like nine, eight games this season or something. So, yeah, you know, really they've lost weird. they've lost more games than we have. 
you know they've lost more games than we have so um you know i don't think that it's not it's not like it's i looked at originally before i looked deeper into their record and i thought oh god they're seventh it's not going to be as easy as we think it's going to be um or not sorry not as easy it's never as easy but you know what i mean you often think that we should get something from atkinson whether it be a draw or a win but you look at their thing and i go oh god they're seventh you know they are above us technically they're the better team than us at the moment um but they 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 lost a lot of games considering their league position and uh, i think they've only drew they've only drew two games all season out of the 19 yeah. so in the league so they've gone for they're either winning games or like you say losing so yeah. that it, it's a really it's like which team you're going to come up against with them at the moment it's a really yeah yeah it's a really strange and which could also suggest they play quite open football like we did for a while you know so um yeah i think having he- if we can get It'd just be great to have Hepburn Murphy and brew it back in. And obviously, I think was I said it earlier. You know, we'll we'll have a squad. We're starting to have a squad that'll just see us through till January. You know, we're you know next week is December. We've got a few. We've got obviously we've got a very tough December, but every month is tough with this squad at the moment. Um, and you know, I think I I can't see any reason. I won't be disappointed. It'll be one of those. I won't be disappointed if we draw. Um, but I'm I'm almost expecting us to win. I think I think we should win tomorrow. Uh, so that's now going to be clipped because Swindon Town will go on a mad one tomorrow, go 4-0 up at half-time, draw the game 4-4, and everyone will remind Woody that he won't yeah. be he won't be upset if they draw. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's get us some predictions then, guys. Let's see what we're going for. Uh, let's start with Gary. Yeah, 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Uh, was it? I'm just going to err on the side. I think we might just do a nick it, and I think the two-one scores looking good again. So I quite like the idea of two-one town tomorrow night. Okay, Woody. Yeah, this is great for audio listeners. Woody. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I was just looking at their goal difference to see how many they concede. Um, they've conceded a lot of goals, mind. Um, right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I think we're going to nick it one nil. Okay. I don't think we're conceding tomorrow. But we're going to nick it one nil. They concede uh, a lot of goals, one nil. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah because, but, they, you know. <laughs> because they concede a lot of goals, I'm going to go for a Swindon Town three nil win. I'm with Woody, oh, oh, and we'll go for three oh. nil. Uh, Knight and King has said win tomorrow. Um, it'd be great to have back to back victories, wouldn't it? Let's be honest. Squat players coming back and available, wins coming back, everything will be rosy again, and we can forget about all that has gone before um shall we uh do a tour around the grounds and see what did or in some cases didn't happen this weekend uh woody let, let, let's uh let's start with you you were we, we had a brief discussion uh off camera before the show started you were quite vocal about, <laughs> about what happened but ultimately your game was postponed um by somebody and uh thankfully you weren't you per- personally weren't on your travels no, yeah, so our game was called off at 10 o'clock, I think it was. Um, frozen pitch, apparently. Um, you know, I've, yeah, I've got my opinions to it, but it's, um, you know, they they said they had a strong squad. They said they were ready to play us, but they didn't want to risk that pitch. But I think the more what annoyed me about it was the fact that they didn't tell us that there was going to be a pitch inspection in the morning because, um, you know, I said to you off air, I have players coming back from Wales. I have players coming back from the, you know, the South Coast. And I would have, if I knew they were having a pitch inspection, I probably would have told them not to bother. 
um so it's um yeah it's just it was just shit it was just you know i didn't see another game off throughout the whole bloody county um that was for due uh, for pitch reasons so um obviously if you live in the somerset side of Froome, you've um got your own climate um but it's um yeah i was i was a bit agitated but it did allow me to go watch the swindon women i guess so Yep, they certainly did, which we'll be touching on in just a second. Uh, As we mentioned in the opening of the show, Swindon Supermarine won 3-2 at the weekend. Highworth got a 2-2 draw with uh, with Josh Davis scoring again off the bench to to get the point for Highworth. Um, And uh, and yes, let's let's discuss Swindon Town women who, unfortunately for them, crashed out of the cup um, 2-1 on the day. Uh, so much to to discuss about it. Um, Woody, as, as you just said, you were in attendance given that your game was called off. So let, let's start with the game itself. Was 2-1 a fair reflection? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think Bournemouth probably deserved it. Um, I think they, they piled the pressure on a little bit in the second half, to be honest. I think um, they... I think Swindon were a bit reliant on the counter-attack in the second half. I don't know whether that was their plan, but that's what it looked like from the stands. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Bournemouth are a great outfit. They haven't lost this season, um, you know, and there's a lot of money going. I know Steve Cuss there quite well. I've played, you know, I've managed against him. Um, they're building something really nice there, really good there. So, um, you know, fair play to them. And But Swindon held their own. You know, I think if it was a league game, you'd, you'd be one of those. A oh, draw might be a fair result, but... Um, I think because it's cup football, you know, to nick a last minute winner like Bournemouth did, um, you know, it wasn't particularly great defending for their goal, but we don't need to necessarily dwell on that too much. I think obviously Annie Colston getting her 50th goal is is a tremendous achievement um, as well, because I think one thing that people go, oh, it's 50th goal. Yeah, okay, it's women's football 50th goal, but the seasons are half as long in women's football, you know, so it takes quite a while to get to 50 goals for one club. Um, so you know, she'll go down as hopefully one of the you know, one of the greats for Swindon. She's a very good player. Um, I know it's a penalty, her goal, but it's uh, yeah, but it was you know, unfortunately, I think it was Grace Pernell uh, picked up an injury, um, which was a shame. Um, I'm, I didn't actually see exactly what happened, but obviously, you know, when you see Emily McGrogan, the, the goalkeeper running over, tell him to get the stretcher on and all of that kind of stuff, um. I think they said someone's a dislocated ankle, possibly. So, um, Swindon Town women themselves have updated fans today uh, with a post uh, saying Grace Pernell is currently awaiting an operation following yesterday's injury in our FA Cup fixture that has resulted in a dislocated ankle and a fractured yeah. leg. Yeah. So, yeah, so a double, double injury for Grace. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, echoing the sentiments of Swindon Town women and, and all the the fan sites, as we have done on social media, we, we wish Grace uh, all the best and a, and a speedy uh, recovery um, and, and hope genuinely that, that it, she makes full recovery and, and is able to, to get back doing what she enjoys at the earliest possible opportunity. And, I, and I'd just like to, again, also echo what you were saying there. Huge, huge achievement for Annie Colston getting to 50 goals um, of, of the... Of the names in that squad, she's certainly one that in in last couple of years now that has become synonymous with Swindon Town fans and name people recognise, and quite rightly so. And as you say, not an achievement that can be underestimated. So, so huge congratulations from everyone at FRI to her for that. Um, 
do you think that there are clear lessons that that Swindon women can learn from this one and and for, for one better phrase go again next year and try and get that next step and, and build on it yeah I think well I think sometimes it's just the luck of the draw though isn't it Fifey you know I think there was another game in that round where a tier three side was playing a side a side the same level as Bassett so you know sometimes it's just the luck of the draw I don't I don't think anybody hates the playing in the F uh, hates the draw in the FA Cup but you know, I, I think Bournemouth would have been one of the teams that Swindon would have wanted to avoid. But I think Rich kind, Rich Wood, that is a manager, kind of alluded to a little bit in his interview that this is the second time they played Bournemouth this season and they've gone real close with them. You know, they've really taken it to the wires. So hopefully that if it, even though it's not given us what we want in the FA Cup, um, hopefully it gives them something in the league to think about when we play them on the reverse fixture in the league because. Like I say, undefeated this season. I can't remember what the first result was. I want to say it was 4-2 to Bournemouth. Um, and then obviously it's 2-1 yesterday in the last minute of the game. So if anything, it might be a good gauge as to to where Swindon are, you know, in terms of where where they are in that league structure. You know, are is it a false position? You know, is it a, you know, is it really two teams running away with it, which which it, it might not be, you know. So who knows? But I think it'll definitely be a game to watch. I can't remember if it's away or home, but when they play Bournemouth again, it will definitely be a game to watch. And Bournemouth had some, from memory, they had some players that were playing for Bournemouth when they first kind of started out, you know, kind of um, properly anyway, five years ago or when I was at Abingdon and those players have developed and you can see some of their individual development as well. And it's, you know, so they're doing things right there. You can't, you got to give credit where it's due when a, when a team's developed as well as Steve's developed his team down at Bournemouth. Um, but I think, um, you know, Rich, Rich, Richwood seems like a decent gaffer. I don't know him personally, um, but he seems a bit more um, connected, in my opinion, a bit more connected to the players um, than previous. So it might be a bit, you know, it might be a bit more of a, a lessons learned and he might be able to put that kind of, he, he feels like the type of manager for me that might be able to put his arm around the players and go, okay, come on then. Right, let's let's go to next week. We're disappointed. He was heartfelt disappointed. You can see it in his post-match interview yesterday. But um, you know, at the end of the day, is you know, was it more disappointed because they were at the county ground and you know they, there's you want to put you want to put a win on when they get the rights to play at the county ground, you want them to to put a win on, don't you? So it's uh, it's just unfortunate. And I must um, a special mention to Barry's daughter, Annabelle, for running me over a chocolate lollipop. Thank you, oh. Yeah, <laughs> very, very, very nice. nice. <laughs> um, I saw, and I know that you caught up on Friday's episode, um, so I seem to almost forget that I was broadcasting live and had an argument with myself that went into a five-minute rant about advertising and stuff for this. And, and the reason I raise this for you, because obviously you you are who I lean on for this kind of information and, and you are a lot more knowledgeable of what goes on uh, in this in this particular area. Um, I made a point that I didn't feel that, I thought the club did the right thing in terms of putting it on at the county ground. It was a fixture that warranted being played that I didn't feel the club had done enough to promote it properly. Um, I did a little bit of background work on the Saturday um, and I think the figures I put in the WhatsApp group was since last Saturday up until the game. So a week leading up to the game from Swindon Town's official X account, they've done five posts about the music festival and five posts about the women's game 
at the county ground. The difference being four of the music posts were officially from the account, whereas four of the women's football were retweets from other accounts. Um, and yeah, I, I managed to argue with myself for five minutes on the stream on Friday about why I didn't think it was acceptable. And and the reason I bring that up is because when I was looking back yesterday um, on on sort of the, the, the news feed, I saw quite a few people kind of critical that maybe they wanted the attendance to be high or they thought the attendance might be higher and, and they were critical that there just wasn't enough outreach to try and draw fans in and and as someone who obviously you were fortunate to be able to go because of circumstances elsewhere but do, do you feel again similar to the question i asked earlier about non-league coverage do you feel swin considering they're coming under this umbrella now that we keep being told are swinning town women being promoted in the right way in your opinion to try and draw fans in to watch um i'm i'm a bit I'm probably going to go against what people would expect me to say on this because I think what Swindon have got to be careful of is that they don't ram it down people's throats. And then because if they start ramming it down people's throats, it becomes a bit more of a tokenism thing rather yeah. than uh, we're actually promoting the team. Um, I think, you know, obviously the wonders of X, I mean, X is probably the main platform now in terms of promoting, promoting things like that. Um, obviously, there is the affiliation tool. So Swindon women's are affiliated to town. So I think anybody who follows town, um, I can't remember how the algorithms work, but because they're an affiliation, you could actually still see the Swindon get, town women's feed. Um, so as I understand it, they'll be on the recommended for you to follow. Yeah. Um, and yeah. because Swindon town are retweeting it, you will see it on your news feed. But if they don't, for example, do that, you won't see it. Yeah, so and I think the difficulty you've got, it's probably the difficulty with some of the men's games sometimes, but obviously not on a different level. Um, is there's a few factors. Yesterday the weather was shite. Um, so you know, not many people wanted to go out in that, regardless of his sheltered. So I don't think there was I I, I did I ex the numbers that were there, I feel it looked as bad as what I would have thought. I thought I actually thought Bournemouth would have brought more. Now the reason I'm bringing Bournemouth into that is because Bournemouth, from memory, are pretty poor at advertising their women's team. That you know, you know, they they had one game or two games at at, the, at Bournemouth's ground, and then they got good attendance for it. But then they tend not to be that great, Bournemouth, in terms of because it's they've got that kind of mixture as whether it's looked after by the club or whether it's looked after by yeah. their equivalent of the foundation. Um, but it's it. I don't necessarily think it's about what they're, how many times they're promoting. It's about how they promote it and what they're promoting. So, for example, I, I know it's a bit difficult with FA Cup, and I know there's regulations around the FA Cup and ticket selling. Um, but when it comes to league games, it's kind of like bring your stub from yesterday's game, and you can pay, get into the women's game for a quid. They still make, they still get one more fan in than what they were expecting, so therefore making one pound extra. You know. Um, and I think the biggest problem for me, and this is genuinely, I don't think any of them watch it, but um, generally no disrespect to the current women's crop of players, but there are there isn't that connection with the team anymore that they was, you know, kind of the last two seasons. Because the last two seasons, it was a lot of local players. It was a lot of players that had a lot of connections in the community, a lot of players that had families that come to watch and then friends of families and so forth. This season, obviously... Um, Swindon have made sign-ins. 
you think about looking through the Swindon side, you've only really got kind of lanes. Annie Colston, only to a certain extent, bearing in mind she only signed two years ago. Um, Gypsy, you know, there's not very many kind of really well-connected players um, that, that kind of have that engagement. So Swindon women can't, and I said this when I was there, actually, we can't expect the club to do everything for them. They need to they need to kind of give something in return. And um, I think Swindon women need to look at it and go, right, what can we do? Are we getting out? Because trust me, people don't realise the um, the impact of even just going to schools, yeah. um, you know, going to primary schools and giving away tickets or whatever. Just I know there was quite a few junior teams there yesterday, but, um, you know, just that impact, even as women's football, because primary school age is where we're, where where the main target is now for girls' football, and that's where they go in. But, um, you know, but there were boys watching yesterday. There were little boys watching. You know, some people I've known, I think Christian made a fantastic point a while ago. Um, he said he would use a women's game to test Arlo, his, his little and Arlo to see how he feels in a football environment and yeah. women's women's football is is a very good opportunity for that if if you're not sure whether your your kid's going to cope with 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 the big crowds and all of that kind of stuff let's face it it is that sometimes that nowadays um then then take them to a women's game where the atmosphere is slightly different and they still got that little bit of a personal touch of coming up to the fans at the end of the game and and stuff like that but i just think that they're in this transition period at the moment where they need to do a little bit more both sides. I think the club could do more. I don't think all of the answers are just in social media, though. I think there's a lot more engagement that could happen. Um, equally, um, my biggest fear at the moment is all these money troubles that we, we're hearing about. My biggest fear at the moment is that the women's team are going to be dropped. Um, and that's my biggest my biggest fear. I'm, I'm, and I don't mean to scaremonger or anything, but that's just history potentially repeating itself for me and um so it's yeah but i think they they just i think maybe they could come up with their own graphic and the club could tweet it but the club there's only so much in my opinion the club can really really do behind it you know the fact that what do you say you said five times they published this week about the women's game um you know two seasons ago we were lucky to get one you know, so it is there is there is progression there. Um, I think there needs, you know, they the club have given them given. Um, I don't know if they're being paid. I'm going to assume they are, or they're being paid quite low wages. Um, that they've given the, the the women set up their own media team um, as well to kind of help with that kind of stuff. So it just comes to that area of who's going to pick it up. Is it going to be the women's Twitter X, sorry, or is it going to be the men's X account? You know, so I I totally get that coverage would be an easy thing to go down but i think engagement is the key piece now there needs to be engagement people need to know you know and obviously the beginning of the season was always going to be rough because there was a lot of fondness for the likes of james lally and obviously what happened uh, to him and then there was that big shake up there was rumors chucking around everywhere about mike cook and all of that kind of stuff and then obviously as soon as mike cook starts winning games he then you know he then goes so now rich has now got to try and do his own his own piece of uh, his own piece to build it up um but like i said earlier i think he, he seems like a decent bloke i think he's um he sounds like a good coach from what i hear from some of the players as well so hopefully he'll you know he'll get this coaching bit get the football bit sorted um but you know i'm 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 hearing words of like you said that 
the club might not be particularly happy with the turnout yesterday and, and things like that. But this was never going to be something that was just going to solve overnight. It was never going to be. We cannot expect. I know we joke about it, but Newcastle, we can't go. We need to be Newcastle tomorrow. You know, we're we're not we're not that level. We're not. Swindon is not a is not a tremendously footballing town like Newcastle is. Do you know what I mean? It's not a everybody lives Newcastle. Everybody lives football in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. On a Sunday afternoon, not everybody lives football in Swindon. You know, so and not not to mention, look at the big youth presence. You know, there's obviously girls. Some girls football uh, footballers play in boys football teams still. Um, so they're not they won't be there because they play on Sunday mornings. You've got ladies teams around the area. They all play Sunday. Like you said earlier, I was only there because my game was called off. You know, so it's there's. It's, it's a really hard kind of – it's a hard slog to do, but I think engagement's the key piece. I don't necessarily think it's just about advertising the game. Yes. It's about how you attract those fans and how you can bring them in. Um, and if Swindon ever want to reach out to me, because obviously I've been successful at other clubs doing this um, with a lot smaller budget, um, they can by all means reach out to me. But in the meantime, Hazy IPA, Beer 52, this wasn't very good. Don't send me this one again. Um <laughs> That is the perfect place with which to end this episode. Um, gentlemen, thank you very much. Uh, I'd also like to thank Kieran uh, and Ben who popped on. And of course, Chris from Supermarine uh, Radio as well. Uh, we will be back on Friday, although I will be seeing some of the fools in the week for our latest uh, Christmas special pre-record. Uh, but if you are going to the game, as we always say, travel safe, be loud, proud. And let's see if we can make it back to back. Um, But until Friday, when we are live again to review and to preview everything that happens in the crazy world of STSC from me and the rest of the guys, it's a very, very good night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Falling